Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. Hello, Sonia. I am very nervous for this episode. I am surprisingly excited and Anyone who knows me will be like, no, you're not, Sonia. But I genuinely am. I've had a hoot and a half looking into this for our audience, for the betterment of the community that we have built. So you're welcome, first of all. Like, I don't need you guys to scream your thank yous at us. But I did want to start the episode with a controversial opinion. A controversial opinion? Yeah. See, I said that correctly. I don't know what you just said. (laughs) I'm just repeating what I heard. Must be your microphone. Uh, and that is this. You mean you mean my headphone? Okay, whatever. You know what? This is how we're starting the episode, really? <laughs> Already? Sorry, sorry. Take the stage. In a newsletter. So if you guys don't know, we put out a newsletter every single week. Please subscribe to that newsletter because it's actually very, very informative and you'll love it. But in One of the sections I put in recently that I have had it with self-improvement books and self-improvement content. There is only so much I can improve on before it starts to have the opposite effect it's supposed to have on me. So I've just been (laughs) in my entire little like fiction world of fantasy rom-coms like all these different types of books and it's made me enjoy reading so much more but it means that I haven't been listening to like self-improvement podcasts or like videos or you know do you ever feel that way like do we ever get to a point where self-improvement is just such a downer (laughs) so do you feel less self-improved I just feel like I don't need to work on absolutely everything you know I am so aware of everything that I do and my like things that I could work on, my weaknesses, whatever. I have spent the better part of 26 years being fixated on those things. And now I'm just like, you know what? Like all these quirks, all these things about me are what make me me. And that's okay. You know, some people call it ADHD tendencies. I say it's a Sonia quirk and that's fine. I'm actually lost words. I'm like the self-improvement, like 1% better every day, like to the toxicity of me. Sim is like a James Clear groupie, the guy that wrote Atomic Habits. I am. She mentions it once a day. Well, it's just 1% better is like, I can do that. I can try. And I know that. Why do I need to continually read content about that? Because we're not doing it. I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. No, we're doing fine. Okay, I get you. Why are we improving everything every single day? I think there is some joy in going backwards. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I think there is some joy with letting things be. You know, if it wasn't an issue before in terms of how you operate or your productivity or like your mental health and you have these little things that you do and if it's not detrimental to your friendships, like – why can't we just be? Why can't we just be? I completely agree on that. You know, you might have thought, hey, this intro must segue really nicely into our episode for today. But guess what? It doesn't. Do you want to explain what we're talking about today? Well, today we are learning about sports betting and trying to understand what it is, how it works, if we're missing out, if it's something that we should employ. It's gambling something that we should be employing into our investment strategies. That's what we're here to help you decide. So 
For those of you that may not know, sports betting is actually huge in the gambling world. It makes up 30 to 40% of the entire gambling market worldwide. 50% of adults in the US have made a sports bet at least once in their life, which is crazy to me because I don't think I know. Oh, I think like I have friends that like do sports betting and it was more like when they were younger and when we were in university, you know, they were like poor students and they were like, oh, this NBA team or the soccer team or like I'm going to bet but that was more my experience to sports betting but we want to just break down what on earth it is because I have had it with being mansplained things in my life and I don't want to sit through another someone something explaining sports betting to me I want to know it I want to be like absolutely yeah no stallion did go on to like a plus 14 like seven eight and that means that I've made twelve dollars so thank you that is a disgusting sentence what kind of sentence is that you know are you proud of yourself no. <laughs> it's like, I hope that by the end of this episode, what Sim said, that makes sense. You go back to this point in the episode and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. If it doesn't, please provide us feedback. Because that was an insane thing to utter to me. That was outrageous what you just said to me. So let's get into what sports betting is. That's probably a good place to start. Sports betting is any time two or more individuals, even if it's just me and Sonia, wager or bet money on the outcome of a sporting event. It does not matter if this wager or if this bet is a dollar or a million dollars or if the sports event is happening today, if it's happening tomorrow, if it's happening months down the line. If there is any money riding on the result of an event, it is sports betting. So if anyone gaslights you into calling it not sports betting, tell them this. Now, what you can bet on is either which teams win an event. So you can be like, oh, like I think like the Bucks are going to beat, I don't know, the Kangaroos. I don't think those two exist in any sports game. But let's say that that's an option. That's one way you can bet. Don't worry. There's so many categories and I feel like I'm going to bore people with all the categories I'm about to go through. So The other way that you can is you can bet on how many goals or points have been run. So you might say, well, I believe that the NBA team that – Tristan Thompson's in. What is he in? The Lakers? I don't think so. I don't think he's a very good basketball player. He's not a very good basketball player. Which makes sense because he's an awful person. But I don't think those two anyway. <laughs> makes sense, mate. You could also bet in a way where you're like, oh, like the Lakers will make like 12 points this game. And if you get it right, you know, you make money. Or you can even bet on an individual athlete's or team statistical performance. So you could say, I bet that Tristan Thompson is not going to shoot one goal. And you know what? I would actually bet all my money on that. I think if I was going to sports bet, it would be on him sitting on the bench. And that's completely fair. That is a very valid form of sports betting. People get really confused by it and there's so many like numbers. And if you ever go to a place where you can like see sports betting on the screen, it looks really overwhelming. But the simple idea is you say, hey, I have a certain amount of money. I bet that this will happen. And if you are right, you make that money. And if you are wrong, you lose that money. And this is how sport betting companies continue to operate. Now, do you mind explaining to us how it all works? Of course. Guys, I'm like the sports expert on all things sports. You think that I could be Warren Buffett's successor. I say I could commentate on every single sport that has ever existed in this world. That's such a complete lie. I'm doing this for you. I am going to give you a high-level overview of all the categories of sports betting and these are like the most popular 
sports betting types, if you will. And there is going to be a few jargon terms. So I'm going to get those out of the way right now. One term I will be using is wager. That just means risk. That just means the amount of money you are betting. Two is sports book. So sports book, there are companies or entities that accept bets. So for example, DraftKings, who are pretty popular in North America, or Tony Bet in New Zealand, or Bet365 in the UK. And the third term I'll probably be using a lot is better, which is just a person placing the bet. Are you with me so far? Are we better? I'm moving on. <laughs> And it's actually quite interesting that there's so many different types of betting. One of the most popular ways of betting is called a straight bet when you're betting on one outcome. So if you're placing a single wager on a team, for example, you're betting on a particular team to win the Super Bowl. That is considered a straight bet. You either win or you lose, right? Then there's something called a spread bet, <laughs> which is when there's various different types of wagering on the outcome of game and the payoff is based on the accuracy of the wager rather than a win-lose situation. Then there's parlay bets and that's when someone makes two or more bets and they combine them to make one wager. And the way that I think of this is it's the sports version of the lottery. Like when you choose packs to play in the lottery that allow you to play in multiple games, but you're just buying one pack. Then there's something called the totals bet. And it's exactly how it sounds. You're placing a wager on the total points in a bet. So for example, this team will have 100 points and that means that they win, but you also got the amount right. And then there's futures bets and that's placing wages on the result of a game in the future or season. And this is actually a pretty popular way that people sports bet, second to straight betting. And it usually starts at the start of the season. So for example, if you think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl this year, or the Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup, then you bet on that at the start of the season. I pray for people's resilience through these times if you are doing that, because I just feel like it's such emotional turmoil because you're like on the edge of your seat every single game. Because Sports people have rounds and they have to pass around <laughs> to get into the next round and then to get into the final. How fun. The last category I want to talk about is a prop bet. And a prop bet isn't directly related to the outcome of a game, but rather an occurrence within the game. And I think this is where I would have the most fun. For example, the length of a national anthem at the NBA finals, or this player is going to score the first goal at this game. Or in hockey, I don't know if people know this, I'm learning every single day, but in hockey, like ice hockey in Canada, they throw fists, like they throw hands. They just like throw their gloves off and then just go punching people on the ice. So a uh, props bet could be, I bet that this player is going to punch this player, you know? I think that's fun. But there's so many different like types of bidding. I think traditionally when you think about it, you just think of straight bidding on, okay, this person or this team is going to win. But there are so many different types of bidding that you can like categorize. And Sim's right. It doesn't matter if you're putting in $10, $100, $1,000. 
if you are placing a wager, so amount of money for a sport, that's sports betting. And it's as simple as that. You might be listening in and going, okay, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It's starting to make a little bit more sense, but is it something I can do? Or like, how do you even go about sports betting? Like we know that with jumping online with the share market, you use an online broker. The online broker is where you can then like buy the shares that you're interested in or the funds that you're interested in. And then with sports betting, I think we have like a misconception that like it's still as it was in the olden days where you like go to a sports bar or you like go into like a sports casino or like gambling spot. Like there's just, you know, and there's like sticky floors and there's like a pinball machine in the corner. It's not like that anymore in the same way that the stock market has like revolutionized, evolved. Sports betting isn't like this dingy place. I'm making it sound like I'm promoting it I am actually not I'm not a fan of sports betting I don't think I will ever bet on sports yeah but we'll get to that we'll get to that what I want to say is it's so much easier and it's cleaner it's like a different world like you don't know what we're missing out on the most popular way of sports betting is now actually through your mobile phone in fact mobile sports I say mobile like an old person like through your phone through apps through apps that's the word Mm -hmm. Apps account for 70% of the global sports betting market in 2020. Like people are not going into these dingy bars anymore. And the most popular sports through apps is the NFL. 81% of sports betting is on the NFL, followed by the NBA and then the MLB. And honestly, I could not tell you what the MLB is. Baseball league. Ah, that's the one. And so You've got like a lot of ease into doing it, and which is not surprisingly leading into the fact that a lot of sports bettors are actually quite young. The biggest demographic is 19 to 29 year olds. And so it is a high risk investment style or betting style because you really are gambling. Like unlike the stock market when people are like, oh, you're gambling in the stock market, like you're not. But in this, like we are gambling. Like you can call a spade a spade. You can, what's the saying? You can put like, lipstick on a pig I don't know but you just (laughs) the end of the day it is gambling and the way that you know it's gambling is there's this thing called the odds when it comes to sports betting and if you have had the privilege or the misfortune of hanging around people that sports bet you'll hear about the odds quite often and so everything circles around it the odds are basically a way to indicate the probability of an outcome. And so rather than being like, if Sonia was like, I think the red team is going to win, I'm going to put $100. And I'm like, oh, I think the blue team is going to win. I'm going to put $100. We don't have a 50-50 odd of who's going to win because one team might be better than the other team or one team might be like completely new or they've had a lot of injuries. So there's different weights to how likely the blue team or the red team are to win. And so they are smart and they've counteracted that by giving a symbol to each team or each outcome. And it's either a positive symbol, like a plus sign with a number like plus 100 or plus 500, or a negative sign like negative 100, negative 200. If the team has a negative next to it, like the NBA team that Tristan Thompson's on, if they've got like a negative 100. It means that they're the favorite. They're the side that is most likely to win. And so sports books, like the places where you can bet, know that they're more likely to win. So they give you less money for winning because it's like, well, obviously 
like the Lakers are going to win. So we don't want to be like, oh, well, if you put $100, you get $1,000. Like it will be more like if you put $100, you get $10 extra. And then if the team has a positive sign next to it, it shows a more likelihood that they're the underdog. And so if you bet on them and they do well, that's surprising. You've put more on the line and so you actually make more money. And so I'll give you an example. If sports team A had plus 700, remember positive means that they are the underdog and you put in $100, if they won, you'd get $700. So you put in 100, you get 700, that's decent. If sports team B had minus 150, remember minus means that they're a good team, they're most likely to win. If you bet on them and they won, you would need to bet $150 to win $100. So you're not making as much money because they were more likely to win. It's not like whoever wins gets $100. It's honestly like such an art, I feel, like to wrap your head around this and feel confident enough to like do it. Like I was one of those simple-minded people that were like, yeah, it's just if a team wins, you know, there's so many levels I don't think people are understanding and we have to give them credit because well done. (laughs) It would be like if you saw Chris Jenner get into the ring with like, I don't know, Mike Tyson, you'd be like, well, Mike Tyson's probably going to win. So obviously I'd bet money on him, but the sports companies know this, like the bettors know this. They're like, of course more people are going to put money on Mike Tyson winning. This is what comes to mind is the Jake Paul and Tommy Fury fight because Jake Paul is not a professional boxer. He is within social media. Some call him a YouTuber. I don't know what else he does, but he is into boxing and he has actually won a fair few fights, but they've been with like retired boxers and they've been with people who haven't been active or training, or they might be doing a training camp before the fight. He fought Tommy Fury, which if you don't know, Love Island, Molly May, but he's been a professional fighter. He's been a part of the Fury family. If you know boxing, like they've existed for ages. His dad is a prolific boxer. So is his brother and Tyson Fury. And Tommy's been boxing since he was 14. So many people sensationalize like Jake Paul and he's been doing a lot of press. He's obviously a bigger figure in the social media presence, if you will. So they'll place like these bets on Jake Paul. Guess who won? The professional boxer, Tommy Fury. And so like, I think Drake lost so much money from betting on like Jake Paul. (laughs) And granted, like the amount that he bet was probably like 10 cents to you and me compared to Drake's wealth. So it's not like he lost I say quote-unquote lost money, but he still did. He lost money on a bet because he bet on Jake Paul, not the professional. Drake? Yeah. Bet on Jake Paul? That's embarrassing. It's not that. I think Jake Paul is just huge on social media, I mean, and he has, like, such an online presence. I feel like his brother has redeemed himself through his, like, podcast and stuff, and, like, they're doing better things now. I personally don't like Jake Paul. Logan Paul, uh, Mm. I listen to his podcast like he has like a few interesting episodes here and there and I feel like he's he's a few interesting guests yeah but like if I was guys if I was to place a bet on boxing I'm not a boxer nor do I watch boxing nor do I like find it interesting like if boxing was on the tv I would walk on by if I was like held at gunpoint And someone said, would you like to bet on the YouTuber or a professional boxer during a boxing game? 
I'm going to go with the professional boxer. You're going to go with Tom? Tommy. Tommy? Also, he's just very good looking and also he's such a family man. I was going to say, I feel like you're betting on him because it, it, it's his character. Like he had, he came out and he had like, I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this, but he came out of the ring. Guys, I did follow this. Okay. But like he came out of the ring. <laughs> if I was held at gunpoint and I had to watch boxing. <laughs> if someone asked me for my opinion or they didn't even ask. I just said it. It would be Tommy Fury. But he came out and he had like this robe and it was his daughter's name, Bambi. And it was sponsored by like Molly May's companies. And it was just very cute and wholesome. I think Molly had like given birth like a few days before he had to fly out. And they're just cute. I am attracted to Tommy Fury's character and family man vibes compared to like Jake Paul. So you're also attracted to Tommy Fury's body and how he looks. His face, yes, sure. But did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> he is a professional boxer. Sorry, I was just thinking about Tommy Fury. <laughs> He's gorgeous. So you know what? This is really interesting. I think I would have actually bet on Jake Paul because... Because you're a fun person. No, I think in my head I was like, if you're Jake Paul and you're like constantly like knocking on the door of and like scratching on the walls of Tommy Fury's like camp and being like, please fight me, please, I'll pay you to fight me because obviously he pays them to come fight him. Oh my gosh. And if you're doing all this, you probably know that you're going to win, right? Like you wouldn't put yourself out there to fight professionals if you didn't think you had it to win because that would be embarrassing if you lost. Do you know what? Say all of that to say Jake Paul has fought really prolific people in such an entertaining way that a lot of people's like conversations that they had before the fight was that Tommy is probably going to let pressure get to him because there's like a lot of media. It's a lot of pressure. And one thing Jake Paul can do is antagonize people. Like I know boxers like antagonize and that's like part of their little show or whatever, but Mike Wood, he was being annoying and it was for two and a half years. They waited two and a half years for this fight. And so I feel like I understand because so many people and like they bet such high amounts for Jake Paul to win. And then you watch the actual fight and you're like, oh my God, why would you even bet on Jake Paul? You know? That's embarrassing. So if someone's listening to this episode and going, okay, Sonia, I hear you, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are interesting to watch. <laughs> and also I hear you that like actually explained really well, like the different ways to bet, like what are common ways of betting, like the different costs that you could look at, but is it better than investing in the stock market? What are your thoughts on that? Yes. Well, first of all, I would thank you for your kind words. And I would say, here's this. I can only apologize for how long I harped on about Tommy Paul. Tommy Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Their child. <laughs> Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. I do apologize. Look, I think like with anything, there's no guarantees when it comes to sports betting. You make educated guesses, I would hope, because some people do. They analyze these games, they analyze past performance, they follow the teams and their training and their training schedules, like all of the stuff about the athletes. It's all so publicized that you can do your research to make educated bets and not it be more of an emotional one, but you never really know. And I feel like with sports betting, 
there is a higher chance of your emotions pouring into the bear and your devotion to particular sports team. Like some people go so hard and you see it in the riots and the celebrations of cities when they win or lose a game. I think it can be a little bit of fun if you want to participate in something, but you know for a fact that there are no guarantees and you know what the risks are. Maybe start off with smaller amounts, then higher amounts as you get into the space. And there's, like with the stock market, there's actually plenty of betting simulators on Google. If you just type in betting simulator on Google, a bunch should show up. There's also a lot of apps or a lot of the most popular betting apps will have a function where you can use like play money to figure out how you want to bet and what will happen and how it'll work so you're not like putting in five bucks and working it out that way it's interesting because I think a lot of the commentary around sports betting they don't like to use the word emotional because maybe it is more male targeted or a lot more men participate in this which I know it's skewed, but call it for what it is. Sometimes it is emotional bidding. Some people are very faithful to their teams and they can get nasty. Like full-on fights will break out into bars if you're in a physical space or even on the field or at stadiums, right? And what is that if not emotional? Just because it's a man, we're not calling it emotional. (laughs) And I like the analogy that people use. Like there's so many people that make fun of like Taylor Swift fans or Harry Styles fans. It is the same energy that these men have when they see their favorite football player or when they see their favorite basketball player, you know? So yeah, I feel like comparatively to the stock market, you can get a little bit more emotional about it, but I guess you could say that with a lot of different things, right? It's for you to decide if you can handle it. This is not advice. I think for me, I just like really know my personality and I have a very, very addictive personality. And so when it comes to these kind of things, anything that can be gamified, like sports betting, for example, I just stay clear of. And if you are anyone like me and you're like, oh, yeah, I have an addictive personality too, like I will go to the same favorite restaurant like every week for like months on a row don't get into sports betting like it is too much is there a sports team or a sports player that you would bet on no I don't trust them like I actually don't because you could be like the best sports player but it's like horses like you just fall on your leg one way funny and you're done you know it's not for me Mm. there's no sport that I like that much that I would even do like a straight I mean who knows if that changes, you guys are the first, I would let know. And saying that, I do have two little tips when it comes to sports betting. Don't bet on your favorite team. That is actually not the best way to make money. And don't bet on everyone else's favorite team. Teams like the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers, LA Dodgers or New York Yankees. These are actually not the best teams to be putting your money towards because everyone will be going towards these teams. And it's usually not the most popular team that gets you the best value. So to summarize, what on earth is sports betting? It is as simple as putting your money towards hoping that a team wins a game or a team gets a certain amount of points or an individual athlete gets a certain amount of points. Sports betting is technically just two people putting even a dollar down on any of those examples. There's a lot of categories. It's a lot of jargon, things like wages and sports books and 
At the end of the day, most people that use these are doing them on their phones. Most people are betting on things like the NFL, on things like the NBA, which is absolutely not surprising whatsoever. But is it better than the stock market? Probably not. Should you engage in sports betting? If you're interested and for fun, go hard. But it is not the get-rich-quick scheme that everyone makes it out to be. Mm. So I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap up. If you enjoy this episode, take a screenshot, put on your story, tag us. We love to see. We love to share. You'll probably get a few comments from your friends and family being like, wait, are you getting into sports betting? And you can be like, no, silly. And these are the reasons why. (laughs) Oh, yes. These are the reasons why. All right. I'll see you next week, Sonia. See you next week, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.